Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is to create moments that change lives. We pray that these weekly messages will be a moment in your day that leads to a change in your life. For more information, visit us online at LifeGateBurleson.com. Hey, let me start with a little question here today. All over the room, how many of you have ever been in a Christmas play before? Come on, raise your hand. Maybe when you were in school, maybe as a kid growing up in church or something like that. I got to tell you about the story. When I was in the Christmas play, when I was in the sixth grade, I was in the sixth grade musical Christmas play. And I don't mean to brag or anything today, but I was the star of the play. I'm just saying. Now, here's the deal. I'm actually not bragging because I didn't want to be the star. I didn't want to have the lead role in the play, but this is basically what happened in the sixth grade. We were in music class, and the music teacher was kind of put, giving away parts. I didn't audition for the part. Basically, what happened was she just got all of the sixth graders up. She lined us up, and we began to sing, and each one got to sing a little part, and she would listen to each one of us individually, and apparently, in the sixth grade, I sang pretty good because I came back on Monday and found out that I had the lead role in the sixth sixth grade Christmas play. And how many can guess what the lead role was? I was Santa Claus in the sixth grade Christmas play. That's right. Your pastor was Santa Claus in my sixth grade Christmas play. And here's the deal. You got to understand in sixth grade, I was a beanpole, man. I was probably like 60 pounds. I didn't have much weight, but guess what I did is I got in the Santa suit. I had to put some pillows, put some stuffing. I had to memorize all these lines. I had like six different songs that I had to sing and get up in front of the entire, uh, not just the sixth grade, the entire school and be Santa in front of everyone. And if that wasn't bad enough, something happened between the time that I got the part as Santa and the time that I actually played Santa. How many know something happens in boys' lives around the sixth grade? Come on, you know what I'm talking about, right? My voice began to change. And so the singing voice that I had was not the same singing voice right? And so I kind of, you know what I'm talking about, right? And to make matters even worse, my mom, how many are thankful for moms, right? I love my mom, but my mom got all of this on video. Now I know some of you are thinking I'm going to show it. I ain't showing it. I'm just saying it ain't happening. And the reason I ain't showing it today, because I don't know where it's at. All right. And the reason I don't know where it's at is because as I got a little bit older, my mom and my baby sister loved to show it to all of my friends. In high school, I'd bring friends over. I'd go on a date, bring a date over. My mom, oh, you haven't seen Chad in the Christmas play. And so I still, to this day, as an adult, have nightmares about it. Get break out into cold sweats about that. In fact, got to the point where I hid it where nobody would find it, right? Now, obviously, I'm not the star of Christmas. Obviously, Santa is not the star of Christmas. Of course, we know who is the star of Christmas, right? Jesus, if you don't know that one, we got some work to do, right? It's Jesus, right? He is the star of the, of the story. He is the reason that we gather. He's the reason for this entire season. And there's nothing wrong with Christmas plays. There's nothing wrong with Santa. and Nothing wrong with getting pictures. You're going to get pictures with them later on today. But of course, we know that Jesus is at the center. He is the reason that we gather. He's the reason that we come to worship today. In fact, it reminds me of this passage that I want us to look at today. We actually see this played out in the book of, book of Matthew. 
Matthew chapter 2. So if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and open there. We're just going to be there for just a few moments today in Matthew chapter 2 and verse number 1. This is Matthew's account of what happened in the Christmas story. And we see it beginning with verse number 1. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. And they asked, where is the one who has been born the king of the Jews? We saw a star when it rose and have come to worship him. And when King Herod heard this, he was what? He was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. Now let's skip one down to verse number seven. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time that the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. And after they had heard the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were what? Everybody say this aloud. They were overjoyed on coming to the house. They saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. I love Matthew's version of this story, of the Christmas story. I love it because, I mean, there's so many things that we get in our traditional Christmas story, our traditional, you know, the star that we put on the top of the tree. We get it from this story. The idea of the three wise men, we get that from this story. Of course, we don't know that there were three. It doesn't even say. The reason I think we we talk about three is because there were three different gifts. And yet all of these incredible characters in the Christmas story, all these incredible real people come from this version in Matthew. And we see, we see, you know, the wise men and we see the star, but we also see another guy in the story. One that we don't talk about all that often, one that doesn't make it into too many Christmas sermons like this, but we see another guy. He was the king at the time. His name was Herod. Now, the reason we don't talk about Herod very much is because Herod was really thinking that he wanted to be the star of the story. He was afraid that if Jesus came, that Jesus would take his place. See, he was the king. And he had heard of this king of the Jews. And so secretly he was plotting against Jesus. He told the Magi, go and find him so I can worship him. But in his heart, he wanted to kill Jesus. He wanted to get rid of Jesus because he knew that Jesus might take his place. And I wonder if there are some people that are in this room today that maybe you are a little bit like the Herod in the story. That you know that Jesus is the center of the story. You, you know that Jesus wants to be the Lord of your life. And yet, when it comes down to it, you're, you're a little bit disturbed as Herod was. You're, you're afraid to allow him into your life because you want to be in control of your life. Maybe there's some of you that are here today that, that you want to make Jesus Lord, but you don't really want to give up being the center or the star of the story. But then there's the magi, the wise men. I think there's a reason we call them wise. And the reason I believe is because they recognized, they saw the star a little bit differently. They recognized that there was something important about this star that was in the sky. And it wasn't the star really that was the thing that was important. It was where the star was pointing. It was where the star would lead them and who they would find the end of the star. They began to search. They began to follow. They began to let the star guide them to Jesus. Maybe there are some of you that are here in this room today that are a little bit more like the Magi. Maybe you're here today and you're searching. 
Maybe you realize that there is something more in life, that maybe you have found yourself looking for fulfillment or satisfaction. Maybe you're here today, maybe you don't even know what you're searching for, but in your heart, you're longing, you're searching, you're looking. In fact, here's what I know is it's kind of human nature, isn't it, that we tend to kind of go after the shiny objects, right? We tend to go after the things that sparkle and the things that glitter. Come on, guys, you know what I'm talking about. We like the shiny new car, right? We like the shiny new tool set or the shiny new motorcycle. Ladies, you know what I'm talking about. You like the bling. Come on, you know what I'm saying? Like the stuff that's sparkly and shiny. And those are the things that get our attention. In fact, maybe some of you are here today and that's what you've been searching You've been following after the things that grab your attention. You've been going after the bright and shiny objects. Maybe it's the shiny object of culture. And let's look and see what everybody else is doing. Let's look at our social media feed and let's go after what everybody else is going after. For some of you, maybe it's that shiny object of success or making more money or climbing the ladder or being more important or getting more status. For some of you, it's the shiny object of relationships and you think, if I could find that special someone, then they will be what will fulfill me. That's what's going to make me happy. And so we spend all of our lives searching for these things. Sometimes we even get some of those things in our lives only to find out that they don't satisfy us. And this is what happens for the wise men. They, they search after the shiny object, but it leads them to Jesus. And maybe some of you are here today because you've been on that search. You've been searching after all of these things, but they have led you to this moment today. A moment where you can be wise, just like these wise men in the story. And you can decide to, to let Jesus be the star of your story. In fact, these men were wise. They, they allowed Jesus to be the star of the story. And here's what happens. In fact, let's look at the story today. When we allow Jesus to be the star of our story, guess what's going to happen? Three things. Number one is that you're going to have to bow your knee. Everybody say, bow your knee. Check this out in verse number 11. Look what it says. It says, on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they did what? And they bowed down. That was like a couple of you. Let's try that again. And they bowed down to worship him. Check this out. They find Jesus. And when they get there, what do they do? They, they bow down. Now think about bowing down. What does it represent? Well, in most cultures in the world, when someone bows down, what it is, what is it? It's a, it's showing of honor. It's a, it's a recognition of authority. I mean, in many countries, when you're in the presence of someone who is in authority or, or someone who is royalty or someone who is dignitary, what, what do they do in those cultures? They, they, they make themselves low. They bow down. And what they're doing is they're, rep, they're recognizing this person has authority. This is, a, this is a person of authority. And this is what happens with the wise men. They get to where Jesus is and they recognize his authority. And what do they do? They bow themselves. They, they make themselves, they make themselves low in recognition of him being the king of him being the Lord. And here's the deal here today. Truth is everybody is going to bow. It's not a matter of if it's really just a matter of when. And the truth is that one day we're all going to stand before God. And when we stand before him, we're going to give account for our lives. And look what the Bible says about that moment in Romans chapter 14 and verse number 11. It says, for it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess to God that one day we're all going to bow our knee. It's not a question of if, it's really just a question of when. 
And this is the decision that the wise man made. And this is the decision that, that I've made in my life that I, I know that one day I'm going to bow before God. And on that day, when I give account to God, I don't want that to be the first day that I've bowed before him. I want to have submitted and surrendered my life completely to him up until that day. And that's why these men were wise. Because they recognized they're not the star of the story. They recognized Jesus' authority over them and they submitted. They bowed their life before him. Now, if Jesus is the center of the story, then we're going to have to bow our knee. But then notice the second thing that's going to happen is that we're going to have to open our hearts. Everybody say, open your hearts. Open our hearts. Look at this in verse number 11. Look what it says. And they opened their treasures and they presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I love this. Here they come. They, they find Jesus and they've got these gifts. They got gold. They got frankincense. But wait, there's myrrh. Come on now. I should get a standing ovation like the band did for that, right? What would be, you know, a family Christmas without some dad jokes, right? And if you like that one, there's myrrh where that one came from. All right. I'm joking around about the gifts, but there's actually a prophetic powerful thing about these gifts. If you actually study the gifts, it's really, each one of these gifts was prophetically, like they had a purpose. Think about it, gold. Gold, just like, just like it is now, is something in that time was something that was very rare and something that was very valuable. It was a gift that was reserved for bringing to a king. And frankincense, frankincense was, was an, a, a fragrance or a perfume that was used for anointing. And myrrh was like an embalming oil that they would use when someone would die. So think about this for just a minute. They bring these three gifts and it's prophetic of who Jesus is. They bring the gold, which is a king's gift, saying that Jesus Christ is the king. They brought frankincense, which was an anointing oil, basically saying he is the anointed one who has come from God. They brought myrrh, which is an embalming oil, basically saying this is the one who is going to die and give his life for the salvation of all men. Come on, that's powerful right there. It's prophetic. And here's the deal, is that these men recognized who Jesus was. And they bowed their life before him. And then they opened their hearts and they gave him their gifts. Let me ask you here today, have you given your gifts, the gifts that you have, have you given them to God? Have you opened your heart to him? Some of you go, I ain't got no gold. I ain't got no frankincense or myrrh. Let you do essential oils. You might have one of those, right? <laughs> but guess what? We all have gifts. Maybe you could decide today that you're going to give him the gift of your time, that you're going to make him first in your life, that you're going to, that you're going to put him first in your week, that every Sunday you're going to have your family in church, not just on Christmas weekend, but every weekend saying, God, you can have the first day of my week. That maybe you would say, hey, I'm going to give him the first part of my day that every morning when I wake up, I'm going to open my Bible, I'm going to read it, I'm going to pray, I'm going to spend time with God because I'm giving him my time because he's first in my life. Maybe you could say as we head into 2023, I'm going to give him the first part of my year and we're going we're to pray and we're going to fast and we're going to seek God for the things that he wants to do because he is my king, I am bringing him the gift of my time. Maybe some of you, you would say, I want to give him not just the gift of my time, I want to give him the gift of my treasure. I'm going to give him my finances. I'm going to, I'm going to be giving and generous in the finances that God has blessed me with, not to just keep them for myself, for myself, but to honor him with those gifts. Maybe for some of you, it's your talent. 
You can say, man, I got gifts and I got abilities and I got, I got talents, I got things that, that I can use, that I can do, that, that I'm not just going to use them for me. In fact, there's a reason that we call them gifts, right? There are things that ought to be given, right? Not just kept for ourselves. And so if we are wise like these men were, we're going to recognize I'm not the center of the story. I'm not the star. He's the star. And so what am I going to do? I'm going to bow my knee in recognition of his authority over me. I'm going to open my heart and let him have every part of my life. And then notice what happens when I bow my knee and when I open my heart. The third thing happens and that is this, is that you change your direction. Look at this in verse number 12. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country, how? By another route. Check this out. Once they bowed down, once they recognized that he was the king, once they opened their heart to Jesus, they could not leave the same way that they came. And that's what Jesus does. When we come to that place of recognizing you're the king, you're the star of the story, I submit myself to you, I recognize your authority, and I open my heart and give everything that I have to you, guess what he does? He begins to change the direction of our lives. Maybe some of you are here today and maybe you need a change in direction. Maybe as you wrap up 2022 and begin to look into 2023, You realize, man, there's some places that I've been going. There's a direction of my life that I don't like that maybe I need to, maybe I need to make some changes. Maybe some of you look at your life and go, man, I got some addictions or I got some habits and I need to find freedom from those things. Maybe some of you, you look at your marriage or you look at your relationship with your children, you go, man, I don't like the direction that that's going. Maybe some of you, like you got some things that, some hurts and some things that you're carrying around and you need, a, you need a change of heart. You need to forgive and let things go. And maybe as you step out of this year and into the next year, you begin to look and go, hey, maybe there's some relationships that are not good for me that maybe, maybe that boyfriend or that girlfriend that I need to break up with or a new kind of relationship that I need to allow into my life. Maybe some of you would look at your life and you go, hey, it's not just the habits that I need to let go of, but there's some new habits and some new disciplines that I need to start in my own life. And here's the truth is that only Jesus can make those changes in your life. Our job is to help you. Our job is to get you into a moment that can lead to that life being changed. In fact, as we move into 2023, I want to invite you. Don't just come to Christmas service. Join us in in January. January the 8th, we're starting a brand new series called One Year From Now. And the idea of the series is this, is that so many times we get to the end of the year and we're not thinking about the things that, you know, the things that we're going to do this year. We're actually living in regret for the things we didn't do last year. Come on, right? Anybody ever got to a new year and been like, man, I wanted to lose that weight or I wanted to change that relationship or I wanted to get out of debt or I, and I'm so sad that I didn't do it, right? And so we move into the new year sometimes with regret, but our goal is to help you to move from regret to reality. Come on, to see that at the end of 2023, you would be able to look back and go, hey, My life is different. Why? Because I allowed Jesus to bring about the change in my life. And that's where it all starts. And let me just tell you this. You don't even have to wait till 2024 or 2023. What year is it? Yeah. I do this for a living, you know? I mean, you don't even have to wait till next year. You can start right now. Jesus can bring a change in your life Starting now, if you just come to a place. See, here's where it all starts. It starts with an acknowledgement. Everybody say acknowledgement. It starts by acknowledging. It's really not about me. I'm not the star of the story. And so what do I do? 
if I'm wise like these men where I bow my knee. And I recognize, I put myself in a position humbly saying, God, it's not about me, it's all about you. I recognize your authority in my life. And as we do, what happens, our hearts open up and we say, God, my whole life, it's yours. I give it to you. And when we come to that place, guess what happens? That's when the change begins to happen. That's when God begins to change our direction. So here's what I want you to do all over this room today. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Maybe, maybe some of you are here today and to be quite honest, maybe you're not where you should be in relationship with God. Maybe you find yourself in this room and maybe it's a little like I was talking about. Maybe, maybe there's something wrestling in your heart with this idea of surrender. You go, man, I, I believe in Jesus and I, I wanna give myself to him, but I also know if I do, then that means I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to give up ownership of my life. I'm gonna have to let him be the authority. I have to let him be the star of the story. Maybe others of you that are here today and maybe, like if you're honest, you're a little more like the Magi, the wise men you, you're seeking, you're searching. Maybe all the searching of your life has led you to this point, to this moment. It's in this moment right now that you're gonna find what you have been looking for. All the other things did not satisfy. All the other things left you wanting, but today all of those things have led you to this point to this moment. This is what it's all about. See, this reason our vision here is creating moments, changing lives. Truth is, I know I can't change a life. I know my sermons and my cheesy jokes, they don't change anybody's life. But I can lead you to a moment where Jesus can change your life. And I believe this is a holy moment. That everything that we've done today and everything we're gonna do after with the, all the fun stuff outside, all has been leading to this place, this moment, this time, a holy moment where Jesus wants to change your life. It starts with just that acknowledgement. See, the truth is the Bible tells us that we've all sinned, Romans 3.23, we fall short. There's nobody that's ever measured up. We're all sinners. And because we've sinned, we deserve to die. The payment, the wages, the penalty of our sin is death. This is what we celebrate at Christmas time. That God loved the world so much. He loved you so much that He didn't just look down from heaven and see the state that you were in and that you could never save yourself. No, He loved you so much that He sent His Son, Jesus, to be Emmanuel, God with us. And that same Jesus that was born and we celebrated the story of him being born in a manger and all of the, all the things of baby Jesus, but he didn't stay a baby. He grew to be a man. He lived a sinless life, but he went to a cross. He died a brutal death that he did not deserve. He went into a tomb, but he didn't stay in that tomb. Three days later, he rose again. He is the king. And one day every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. Don't wait until that day when you stand before him. Let it start today.